Pickaxe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello my friend, my name's Sean and I want to end your suffering. No, not like that, with meditation in my new podcast, Mindfulness for Gamers. Each episode, I'll take you through how mindfulness can help you to feel less anxious and frustrated and put you on the path of happiness, all through the lovely, grimy lens of video games. So make time to level up your mental health and take the first step on your spiritual skill tree. Join me and subscribe to Mindfulness for Gamers right here, right now. Want to listen along with all of us to each new episode of Fables of Fendrea Arcanum? We host live listening parties over on our Discord every single release night. So head on over to patreon.com slash cast party to become an official part of our cast and crew. And also gain access to hours upon hours of bonus content, exclusive behind the scenes info, and so much more. Patreon.com slash cast party. Thank you all so much for listening. Enjoy the episode, cast and crew. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fables of Fendrea Arcanum. My name is Jose Polino, or at DM Jose P, and I will be your director for today. I am joined by my lovely and still surprising me every single week cast and crew. Uh, so let me go ahead and introduce uh, all of them, uh, starting with Ryan. Hi, Ryan McManus. I'll be playing Rowan Fair Isle, Half Light of Salune, seeking to bring a sense of calm and comfort to those lost in the dark. You can find me on my socials at rye.mcmanus or run in the cast party socials at castpartydnd. Andy. Hello, beautiful nerds. My name is Andy, and I will be playing Five, one of the seven Sojourner commissioned for exploration by The Forged. And you can find me at Mr. Dandy DM on TikTok and all the other socials. Annie. Hi, I'm Annie. I'm playing Rid, Gaslight, Gatekeep, Ghoul Boss. You can find me on TikTok and now also on Twitter at Cantrip, C-A-N-N-E. Welcome, welcome. Yay! Yay. <laughs> and finally, we have Sin. Salutations, I'm Sin. I will be playing Zue, Collector of Chronicles, aspiring to herald the histories of Fendrea. And you can find me on TikTok and all the other socials as sensationally.me, C-I-N instead of S-E-N. So last time we met, the four of you ended up in essentially what is the remains of Arborea. This other plane of existence where a tragedy has occurred. Life still blossoms here, but in a very different way. And what remains of the events that transpired many moons ago are still felt to this day. 
So much so that as you guys walked from the mountain opening that held this gnarled branch tree, you walked through a desolate and hollow ground that led you to a civilization of sorts, a small little huddle of mismatched group of people. Not at all what you expected, as Kaimasora and his individual groups seems to be primarily tieflings. What you found here was an entire array of different cultures mashing together. It was very surprising. Also surprising that they are alive, as before that encountered a winged smoke beast that uh, meant to have its way in a very delicious meal with Rowan's owl, but that did not come to happen. But with that, you guys stumbled upon this small little community of sorts and discovered that they themselves, the people who reside here, are very afraid of everything outside of the space they inhabit. So much so that when they discovered the eye on Zue's book, the Eye of the Arcanum, fear hit them, struck them to their core. With five, and as I love to say, his wonderful passive perception, essentially realized that where you were standing was some central square of a city where Kaimasora was worshipped and adored, loved by the people. And there were two sets of statues adorning the tower that spikes up in the center of this community where there was a tiefling holding what looked like a gem of sorts and then a member of the Arcanum. And that is where we pick up on our adventure today. So with that, you guys are standing by as people around you are trying to ascertain as to what you're doing, where are you going, where did you come from? Zue, you had some quick words as to being outsiders coming in, and, and the general vibe that you got was a lot of the concern for your well-being. Because if you were to have left and are coming from somewhere outside of Arborea to this part of the city, or what's left of it, you must have faced some horrors. So they are excited to sort of bring you in and keep you safe, even though they seem to be a little trepidatious about the eye that has now stopped blinking in both the sigil emblem that you found, as well as your book. So the day is yours. What would you make of it? Five approaches Osmir after having noticed the two statues, and I believe there was a crystal that was being held by a figure, by a, by a stone statue. There's a tiefling statue holding a crystal, and then the Arcanum statue with his hand up. Given everything that has happened to us, Five at this point, he's starting to connect some dots. And he's looking at the figure that is has half of its face crumpled or missing. Five would like to ask Osmir, Excuse me, Master Tiefling, uh, who, who is represented in these statues? He watches Osmir, he looks to you and he says, Well, this is an individual I don't recall. And he seems to be kind of like not wanting to look, but talking about the Arcanum figure. An individual that name escapes me through time. I, I don't like to think about it. You watch as there is deep conflict in him as he's trying to even think of the name. Five takes his hands. 
and just gently, calmly reassures him and says, You can do this. Tell me, who are these? You watch as he holds you. And just for this, I know you mean it genuinely, but give me a persuasion check with advantage. That is a nat 20. Let's go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you hold the hands of Osmir. Very dry, weathered hands. There is a hesitance to the embrace. But you watch as he kind of looks and he says, That individual was called Adriant. And he was referring to the, what looks like humanoid shape of the Arcanum member. Adriant. And he looks up and he says, and that is the mother, Domine. Does Adriant sound familiar to Zue at all? Make a history check. 17. Adriant is a member of the Arcanum that gets talked about as the one that was always sort of like pushing the Arcanum for like, you know, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. But you look up and you look at the statue. It doesn't match the description to you. Like he says, it's Adrian. But you look and you're like, I thought Adrian was more robust around the waist. And he had a scar that ran down the side of his cheek. All of these things where because it's missing half of the face, you remember who Adrian is. A member of the Arkham that always pushed the envelope for greater discovery and greater understanding of the entirety of what it is that the Arkham is doing. But when you look at the statue, it doesn't match. Five approaches Zue. He sees that they're looking as well. Who, who is this individual? Five pointing at Adrian. Who is this individual to you? I've never met them personally, but, um, I've heard things about them that they are, um, really interested in progress, but they don't look the way the rumors say. I don't know. A Adrian sounds, from what I've heard, a big personality and really scary and scarred, but it doesn't really match this. So I don't know if it's from... Before? Osmia, did you once have a partnership, a relationship, something with the Arcanum? Why would we? Is the statue in vain? All that I know is, is of a time long ago. I came here and I, and I learned and I heard the stories of the people around me. and I, I found a home here. And from my understanding, the Arcanum brought about destruction and the end of all of it to Arborea. This, this statue had a face once. And in anger, the people destroyed it. This isn't out of vain. There was a moment in which some people, and you see Malira next to him, the satyr, say, there was a time when we believed the Arcanum was here to truly guide us in the light. So you coexisted in peace. What was the turning point? This. 
In the distance, you hear the roaring, screeching, echoing sounds of the same winged, smoked beasts that you encountered earlier, echoing, howling screeches throughout the entirety of this place. They promise a way home. They wanted knowledge. They wanted to know what we know. But they took it and abused of it. So they led you with false promises. They thought they were getting something really special when coming here. We allowed that to happen. And he looks over at Malira and she says, Osmi, you had nothing to do with this. And neither did you. But we're both in this together now. And Malira looks and says, They came. They wanted to learn. We taught them. And then so, we paid the price. Rowan looks to Zue with just a very, I, I want to say concerned, but with a slight sense of anger behind it. Who's to say this isn't going to happen back home? You wasted these people away. What's stopping you from wasting us? I, I had nothing to do with this, Rowan. I, I didn't even know this was here or that this happened. Rowan, I don't know if that's entirely fair. She's the one who speaks for them right now. She speaks for them, but I don't think she had a hand in any of this. Maybe not this, but I feel like she has answers. I don't know what's happening. Um, I'm questioning a lot right now. I didn't know this happened. I didn't know any of this existed. You watch as Malira come up behind you, Zue, and she just very lightly tries to put her hand on your shoulder, and she goes, Be still, my child. We feel the frustration and the confusion in your voice. We too felt that way at one point. We know you don't mean harm. You have been tricked, is all. Th thank you. I'm sorry this happened to you. It's all right. One day, we will make things right. But for now, we have to live on. You've been awfully quiet, Rid. Yep. Do you have any thoughts on any of this? Rid sends a telepathic message to Zue. I thought you said the Arcanum did good things. That was the whole reason I came with you. I, I really thought they did. That's all Elinos ever told me was that we did good things. Well, let's figure this out then. Can we talk, just the two of us, later? Yeah. You can't have any more of my teeth, though. Also, I can't tell if Rowan's staring at me because he's mad or if he's staring because we're talking too long in our heads. I think it's probably the latter. Maybe both. Out loud, Rid says, I don't know that it necessarily matters whether this person was Adrian or not, because you can change your appearance. You can lie about your name. I look different right now. I think maybe there are answers to be found if we look hard enough around here. And that's what I'm most interested in, I think. That's actually very wise, Rid. In fact, I feel like that's true of all of us. 
We all have looked different. Even in the short time we've known each other, we've changed parts of our appearance. Rowan, your eyes change quite a lot. This blank face. I can't control that. It just happens. <laughs> <laughs> Why is there a tone of surprise? I'm wise as hell. Uh, no, I, I didn't. I, I, I didn't mean It's to. okay. I'm messing with you, big guy. Oh, okay. Red looks at Osmir and Malira. Do you have a library or like, she kind of lifts her chin at Zue, a historian or like someone we can talk to to learn more about kind of what happened to you? And they look to you, Red. Yes. You can actually speak with them. In there. And they look towards the tower. Got it. The tower with the ominous statues. Why didn't I think of that? Red starts walking toward the tower. Zue follows closely behind. Five. Not so closely, but still going in the same direction. Just sort of stands and, and looks behind him at Rowan and... Come on, buddy. But Five is keying in specifically on the crystal that's being held. Do I recognize the crystal? Uh, I was going to go for Arcana, maybe? What, from looking at the crystal, gives you the foundation to justify Arcana? Arcana is uh, recalling lore about spells, magical items. I feel like given everything that Five knows like in intimate detail about all of the seven, how they became sentient from a fey crystal. It's something that would immediately sort of jog his memory. Hey, you can do Arcana. I'll say to the other two as they're walking up to the tower, you all go ahead. We're going to take a look at these statues real quick. Just get a head start. Rid does a little two-finger salute. Uh, that is a 17. You know the Validite. You know of the properties that make it. And you would know that in the history of the world, there are many precious gems, crystals that can perform and achieve incredible wonders. You're looking at it and you're sort of not necessarily pinpointing that you know what it is, but what you're looking at is definitely a magical crystal. But the way in which this tiefling is holding it gives you the idea that this crystal, this power, is meant to be presented. In presenting this crystal, you can achieve the potential of it. You think of it along the lines of a spell component. However, the size alone is what gives you that this isn't just your standard component. This is used to harness an insane amount of unknown Arcana. Okay. Five does his thing where he keys in on an individual object or person, blinks and sort of records the memory, and he proceeds to follow Rid and Zue. Rowan grabs Five's wrist and gives him just a little tug back. Y yes, yes, Rowan. We need to keep our wits about us. Something is off. And I do not like it. Do you mean about being in the shithole of a place this is? Or do you mean present company? A little bit of everything. Listen, we were told to go get Kaimasora for doing 
immense harm to his own people. And then we come here to his home plane of existence to find that the Arcanum was the one that caused it all to begin with. I don't know who to believe right now and I just want to keep both sides open. We need to be aware. I feel like you really wish that you were home right now. I do. Don't you? Well, you promised me that you would take me to your home a while ago, and I've been waiting expectantly for that to happen, but sort of got away from us a little bit. Just a bit. I do miss it. We're doing okay, though. Five just sort of gives Rowan a little playful punch on the shoulder. I'm worried that if we chose the wrong side, there won't be a home to go back to. Well, I agree. I would say the only side I choose now is our side. We'll just stick together. We'll be okay. You're the only one I can trust at this point, so... Shall we join? Lead the way. Spooky tower time. As Zue and Red are walking into the tower, Red will look over at Zue and say telepathically, because she can't. What did you want to talk about? Well, a lot of things, really. Um, I guess the first is, I, I, I noticed that you can change your appearance really easily. I haven't really seen anyone else who can do that. I have only ever done it a couple of times, and it's, I can only do it every so often. But it's just a spell that I know. Oh, it's... it's a spell. Yeah. What else would it be? So he's gonna look really awkwardly, try and look away and not make eye contact, as she's still sending you the telepathic message. I don't know, I just like to think that there's other magics out there. Are you, are you okay? You sounded sad there. Can I tell you something? Yeah. I, I don't use a spell to change shape, really. Yeah, you, you go in the bushes for some reason. Well, I started doing that because Alien Ass gets really freaked out when he sees me do it. He says it looks weird. So you can just change whenever? Zoe's going to run her hand through her hair, and as she does, it just starts turning pink again. Kind of. Rid's face lights up. Oh my god, that was cool. Do it again. Can you do something else? Uh, yeah. I'm gonna slowly start changing my form, and the way it kind of works is, like, with Zue, you know when, like, Ditto in Pokemon starts kind of, like, remolding the form, <laughs> and it's just, like, ambiguous in the middle? I'm gonna change to look like Rid, but, like, in her purple form. Rid will dismiss her human disguise and do the Spider-Man point. <laughs> and Zoe does the Spider-Man point back. <laughs> Wait, that's... That is sick. Why Ilionas just doesn't like it when you do that? That's just a thing you can do, and you can do that all the time, and he doesn't let you? No, no, no. He lets me. He just says that watching it happen makes him kind of sick, but fascinated. Oh, oh yeah. I, I don't get grossed out easily, so change in front of me all you want. Thank you for sh sharing that with me. Th thank you for accepting it. Um, I don't know if I really want to share it with, uh... Rowan yet? He seems kind of mad at me because he thinks I might be the reason for all of this, and I 
I promise you, I, I'm not. You're not even an Arcanum member. You're some kind of like fringe Arcanum person, right? Like you're associated with them, but you don't, you're not them, right? No. Like it's for hire. Right. Like I take on jobs. Right. So, I mean, if you're also wanting to discover what's going on, I don't really see the point in pointing fingers at you. From my experience, it's kind of what rich people do. They point fingers? Yeah, they just pick someone to blame problems on. This isn't my first time. So, maybe just this is a you and I secret for now. Who else has pointed fingers at you? It's the energy of pulling your sword out or starting to, but not doing that. She's just ready. (laughs) Name names. We can talk about that later when we get back. I don't even know that we can get back yet. All right, that's fine. I'm just saying there are nobles out there or whatever that have wronged you. You tell me the names later at your leisure. Okay. Should we be waiting for them, by the way? I know. They're having like a bro moment back there, maybe. I don't know. They seem very attached to each other. So is like is the owl Rowan's emotional support animal, and then Rowan is Bye's emotional support animal. <laughs> yes, yes. I don't know. They're very interesting. Almost as interesting as you. I guess this is all very recent for me. I like it though, and I start like looking at the really long nails and like touching the hair. Okay, this may as well happen, I guess. You know, I can't cut it. And she takes her sword out. She holds up a lock of her hair and she cuts through it with the sword and it just grows back immediately. Oh, okay. Um, remind me to write this down later. We can talk about it later. Do you miss, do you miss short hair? I really do. I'm going to change my appearance to just red with, but with shorter hair. I think you'd look cute with it as I start like waving my head back and forth. Red smiles. Five. It takes him a second to sort of log what he's viewing uh, when he sees two rids. Uh, Rowan, are are you seeing that? What? Where's Zue? That's two rids right there. But one has one has short hair. Did Rid have short hair? I don't fucking remember. No. You don't remember if I had short hair? Oh, it's that one. With the short hair red, you also see the end part of what looks like a snake tattoo coming out from underneath the bob. Zue looks a lot like red right now. Yeah, why is that? Because a spell. Haven't you heard of disguise spells? Yeah, don't you do magic? Zue, are you doing a me impression right now? (laughs) (laughs) I tried. I'm sorry. It's really hard. Oh, I'll do a Zue impression then. I'm Zue. I like my book. <laughs> That's just like me. That's so right. <laughs> Can we not cause a scene and walk into this fucking tower with two identical human beings? Please. Technically, I have short hair. They'll still suspect something. Wasn't the whole point of doing the disguises in the first place to not bring attention to ourselves? Also, uh, I'm sorry, uh, really quick. I know that we're all a bit perplexed and overwhelmed by everything that's happening. Like, we're not supposed to be here, we're never supposed to be here, but we're here now. Two things. Are we looking for a way home? Or are we, and I don't speak for everyone, this is just me, are we trying to help these people? 
No, I thought I'd stay here. The trees are lovely. I think they're one in the same at this point. By helping them, we get home. I think that's true. Before we get home, though, we need more information because I think there's a lot that we didn't know, some of us more than others, before we got here, and I think that we should have more information before we go back and try and talk to the Arcanum or whatever. I agree. That's why we're going into the information tower. If you want me to change, would you mind making your shrub again, Five? Five is going to extend his right hand into, like, a side hug, and then the organic portion of his hand, he's going to cast Druid Craft, and he's going to allow flower blossoms and leaf buds to bloom out of his hand as he creates this small shrub. And Five just sort of turns his head to give Zue privacy. Zoe's going to walk through, and then she is going to run both her hands like through her hair, and as she does, like she starts changing into the Zoe that everyone knows, and comes back out. When she comes back out, the blossoms shrivel and sort of retract back into Five. Thank you, Five. It feels good to have pink hair again. You guys eventually arrive at the stone archway that makes up the door of this tower. The wooden doors before you, the handles, these rusted over black handles, are just kind of like loose. They're just barely hanging on by nails. And there is a small crack to the door. And from the crack, chilling cold air from inside of the tower coming out towards you. Um, well, I'm going to open the door. Red kind of looks over her shoulder. Unless anyone wants to stop me, I'm going to open it. Do it. Just proceed with caution. Red's going to open the door without any caution. As you're actually swinging it open, Red, you're actually met with a bit of resistance. As it looks almost like a branch is like holding onto the door. But since you opened it so suddenly, the bit of resistance is then gone as the branches kind of snap. As they were almost like holding on to the door. They break as you swing the door open. The tower itself is a good, like, 35 feet in sort of, like, circumference. But when you look inside, Rid, it is hundreds of feet wide. It is a massive opening entry room that you can see before you. And there, in the center of the room, adorned in this white, almost luminescent, iridescent shine, that seems to be fogged over, but you can still make out the details. A white tree that emerges from the base of the stone floor, this immaculate, shiny, obsidian floor. And this tall white tree where branches all from the roots extend out and are almost grasping at every corner of this room. And upwards, a good 50 or so feet, the tree branches out leafless and the branches hang on to the walls and they hug every nook and cranny every corner almost like paint splattered in certain areas all throughout this tree stands before you ancient gargantuan in its presentation and in the center a knot hole 
maybe no bigger than the palm of your hand. From what you can see, even at looking at it from the door, it looks like black, like infinite void black. But you can swear that you can make out some lights flashing within. Rid turns over her shoulder to five. Five, there's a weird tree in here. You talk to plants, right? The branches were trying to keep me out, I think. I'll say also, from what you can see is, when you look up, Rid, even at the door to the tower, the tower just keeps going. You don't see any other floor. You don't see anything. It just sort of keeps going. What you do see is behind the tree, there seems to be some kind of like, sort of like continuation to the room. Five, if you want to deal with this tree, I can go look at the rest of the room. Given Five's background as a gardener, I'm going to approach the tree very cautiously, and I'm going to start studying it. You walk up to the tree, and what it is for you, Five, as you enter this chamber, your footsteps echo. The obsidian floor, this like almost like marble floor, it's covered in dust and dirt, is what it looks like. However, you see that the tree itself holds no roots onto actual ground. It is almost just a decorative tree that you placed on a home, is what it looks like. But when you look at this tree, you're gravitated towards it. It is beautiful. As you get closer to study it, you hear that same voice that you heard before you came here. I see you, child. I bear witness to your steps. Enlighten me with what you have. Let me see through you. Five immediately turns to Rowan. Uh, Rowan. The tree is talking to me. Doesn't sound altogether unpleasant, it's just... Usually I have to do things before the trees talk, but this one's just talking to me. All on its own. Well, as long as it's not threatening, talk back. Five takes a couple more steps towards the tree. You hear your footsteps echo in the chamber. Rowan, since you're sort of looking at five from the corner of your eye, you feel like you see like movement in between the spaces where the branches are not hanging on to the walls. There is some like shifting, some movement. Five, be careful. Five is going to, he feels like he knows the answer to this already, but he is going to cast detect magic on the tree. You take a second five as you're walking towards the tree. The bark of the tree itself, this stagnant white coloration, all of a sudden begins to glow. And it glows to you like the sun. Brighter and brighter as divination itself presents to you. And you feel this immense joy followed by sadness followed by empathy followed by apathy followed by every combination of feelings you can muster in a single brief moment in time you feel it 
as the tree reveals that light to you. To you all, the tree just looks the same. But to five, you're in the presence of a beacon. As you're walking, you're also like overstepping branches and just parts of the tree that are all encompassing on the floor and throughout. So it is this thing where you've been kind of like carefully taking your time, deliberately getting to the tree. Five is going to speak to the tree, but almost as if he was speaking to one of the the gnome masters in Berndarium. Seeing this holy tree, Five is going to reach out, not necessarily placing his hand on the tree, but allowing the tendrils and sprouts from his fingers to reach out and sort of grasp around the bark of the tree. And it's like a gentle caress. He just very delicately and respectfully says, O old one, what do you know of what has happened here? What can you tell me? I am a servant of Segojan. I have seen you. I have watched you. All of it. The branches within your mind are connected to me, to everything. I hold that which is sacred, and in these lands, that has been poisoned. And then you hear, It has been poisoned for some time. It's a separate voice that seems to be coming from behind the tree. Five looks behind the tree. Look behind the tree, and there, leaning up against the tree, you see two sets of horns that come up and then jaggedly sort of turn like question marks. And they end on a very fine point on top of the head, on top of this mess of long white hair that curls towards the bottom. A beard and mustache that sort of engulf and become a part of the long hair. And these red robes entangled with all forms of different arcane sigils that the sigils themselves in the pattern look like branches connecting one to the other. This individual turns quickly to you and you're met with a lighter red skin and hazy eyes. Hello? Rid, Zue, Rowan, uh, we're not alone. It's okay. I do not mean harm. I Perhaps I overstepped. I, I, I did not mean to. It's, it's rare that we get visitors, especially in these times. And you watch as the individual now turns around and it is an older tiefling that now you see what was leaning up against the tree then hunches forward into this arched back and then a small wooden cane that begins to press forward and now steps carefully over the branches and you see coming from underneath the robes bare feet as this individual steps around the tree and then pats it twice and looks to you five and goes... My apologies, child of nature. You now see five. This individual is looking at you, but his eyes don't meet your eyes. They're sort of like wildly looking around. You could decipher this individual is probably blind. 
And this individual then looks at you and goes, I am Verion. It is a pleasure to meet you, child. And he extends his hand towards you. In the same gentle and respectful way that Five has caressed the tree, Five takes Verion's hand. Soft embrace as the second hand meets yours and a faint smile comes over his face. Wonderful for you to be here. Miracle even. And I see we have other strangers to Arborea and now begins to leave your side and walks over to you guys, the three of you. You watch as his steps are very careful and gentle as he's walking over the tree, almost being respectful. And just gives from the hunch posture a faint smaller bow and looks to you without making direct eye contact and says delighted to meet you all welcome welcome all of you thank you for letting us in well you opened the door didn't you <laughs> red smiles at a fellow sass master we we were told there was a historian here would that be you you watch as looks up from whatever hunch he can, looks to his right, looks to his left, and he goes, Yes, that would be me. Zue, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, um, it's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you for letting us in. I'm aspiring to be a historian. Ah, knowledge in the pages is what you seek. How truly wonderful, my dear. You watch as he presents his hand more out of a general wanting recognition as to who he's speaking to, since he can't make out what you look like. But it is gentle and just sort of like extending not too directly your direction. I put my hand in his and like, I squeeze it warmly. <sighs> that is not from here. None of you are from Arborea, are you? Was it obvious? The warmth that you have running through you is a warmth that has not been felt in these lands for quite some time. It is like the sun. The touch to Varion's hand are very cold. I guess Rid sticks her hand out and goes, I'm Rid. I'd like to shake your hand. You watch as Varian kind of takes his other hand without even looking away from Zue, finds yours, and then turns around and goes, <sighs> and then I'll begin to sort of caress the top of your hand. It's a very personal touch, but it is a studious approach that he is taking. As he is sort of like running his fingers down the bones that make up the palm of your hand, and then up to your knuckles, and down your fingers. I am sorry. I apologize. I do not mean to uh, overstep any boundaries. Your touch, however, is both familiar yet strange to me. That's fun. What do you mean? Your touch is divided. Your veins pulse, but at a rhythm that I have heard in these lands but your warmth is strange to me. 
How many hearts do you have? One, as far as I am aware. Pats your hand like an old grandparent, just kind of like, good, good, good. Rid kind of clasps her other hand on the back of his hand and is like, nice to meet you. I like you. And you, you radiate something. And it's looking to you, Rowan. And you watch as he extends his hand out, palm facing his face. And your owl lands on his hand. Yes, you are truly a wonderful creature, yet you are alone. Why would you follow these individuals so far from home? Oh, you are such a delicate creature. As he seems to be directing his attention primarily to your owl. Rowan looks down and almost chuckles. I ask myself that question every day. Oh, goodness. And you watch as he just kind of like gets shocked for a second. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, where the owl goes, I go. I'm, I'm sorry, Rowan. It's a pleasure. And he grabs the owl without any sort of hesitation to his movements, brings it on a very personal level to his shoulders. And the owl perches itself there and walks over to you and goes, Well... That is the way things should be, is it not? A light amongst all the darkness. Well, I am a bit hungry, so if you would care to join me for some food, I perhaps could make something. And you watch as now his attention completely deviates from all of you and begins to walk. And as he walks, he says, You wanted a historian? Well, you will get a historian after a good meal to rejuvenate the mind and lift the spirit. Come, come. I'm going to turn to the group. The book and the the sigil are going to come back. What should I do about that? Because I don't think it's a good idea to have them while we talk to him. Well, you need your book. It won't hurt to at least keep it on you, whether it's a bag or something. And then if Rid can just hang on to that sigil again. Yeah, why don't you, like, I don't know, put something in front of your book so that you can't see the thing on it? Just throwing out ideas here. I never thought of that. Sometimes it's not about magic, it's just about mundane. When it comes back, I'm going to hand the sigil to Rid, and I'm going to rip out a piece of paper from my book and just put it in front of the eye. Rid puts that in her pocket. You watch now as he begins to walk. Instead of walking behind the tree, turns left. And you watch as the branches from the tree part ways and they reveal what looks like an opening to a hallway. And as he walks up, he pats the branches on the floor. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. And you see just an opening there. In this moment, I'll say five, because you've been the most sort of aware of the tree around the tree in a circle words written what languages do you speak common druidic elvish gnomish and sylvan then i'll say you can't make out what the words are but you see them written all around you guys walk now through a hallway that as varion steps through it these torches begin to illuminate and they reveal a 
decorative rug of sorts, like a runner that keeps going, that is torn and shredded. Walls, stone walls that see claw marks and burn marks all throughout. And he keeps walking, sort of like waddling along. You see a portrait of a tiefling. Younger tiefling, almost like a child. In a sort of heroic pose, if you will. Holding what looks like a version in a different plane of existence of maybe a ball. But the picture ripped through it. Keep walking. And now it feels like you're walking so far. You see another picture of now two tieflings, younger. Two girls who are poring over sets of books. One of them smiling, the other one pointing at it. And sure enough, you actually eventually see what looks like four different children all throughout the chamber. The one with the ball, the two pouring over a book, and then one very younger. It's a portrait of someone's arms holding this baby, basically. And then the last space that you get to before a door meets you is the dust around where a frame used to be. You enter a kitchen covered in spiderwebs, whereas one by one the lanterns ignite out of thin air, revealing the age of this room to you. A table in a C-shape hugs what looks like a levitating silver and black bowl where Varian waves his hands, and a flame ignites, giving the room a much more warmer and welcoming feeling. And as Varian steps in, more lanterns illuminate around. And he says, Okay, well, um, okay. And he whistles. You watch as one of the chairs swing over. And he picks up his robes and sits. Sit, 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 sit. You must be hungry after your travels. I will provide what I can. And you watch as he takes his sleeves, rolls them back, claps his hands together, begins to rub them. And in the stillness and the quiet, uh, I should have asked, what are you all hungry for? Uh, chicken? From the table, almost molded outward into what looks like a wooden carving of chicken and pieces all of a sudden form, and then revealed there a plate full of different pieces of chicken sort of cut up and sliced there in front of you with a cup and a jug that apparates and begins to pour what looks like water into the cup. Rowan just takes a finger, taps the chicken to make sure it's not wood. <laughs> Rowan, that's, that's kind of rude. It's rude to test if my food isn't wood when it just came out of the table. But you didn't wash your hands and then you just touched it. You watch as Varian looks over and says, she's got a good point. <sighs> Rowan. You're right. You're right. Wait, Rowan, where were you raised again? My manners. Was it a noble house? My manners raised. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Yes, yes. And I push my seat out and walk wherever the man points me. There's a washroom off to the side, yeah. Easy enough, you get to it. And I'll say for the rest of you, unless you wish to say, but the foods that you sort of picture in your mind that you sort of crave in that moment are presented to you. Form of substance in a way. 
for you to enjoy. And it is there. It is real. But five, what would you want in a situation like this? Rowan and Five have been traveling Fandrea together. Rowan has made Five tea. It's tea, but it's like you put it sit in like a bowl. And it's comprised of like pieces of dead plants in, in water and it's steeped. And Five will take his hands and literally just put it in the tea. And he'll just sort of feed off of the, the nutrients of the dead things and absorb it into himself. And it's sort of a, there's a nourishing effect that takes place. But no, he doesn't eat regular foods. That similar wooden bowl presents itself. The bottom of the bowl begins to be filled with a warm liquid that then, apparating in front of you, out of thin air, leaves, dead leaves begin to sort of like fall to the sides of the plate for you to choose what you want to make your tea. As he sits, he looks over at the furnace in the center of the room. Okay, let's eat. And a plate, what looks like a rice with some forms of meats, a stew of sorts, forms in front of him. Okay, so you uh, come from far. We have that. You come asking for a historian. We got that. But now the big question is, you come to this desolate place. For why? We, we didn't come on purpose. We kind of got dragged here. I don't remember all of it. There was a big tree and there were voices and they were asking for help. And then something made me want to go into the tree. So I did. And then I saw Rowan because the owl went in. And then I saw Rid. And then we were there for a bit. And then five showed up. Oh. You watch as he's just nodding to you. But not this tree. Not the Haven Eye. Haven Eye? Yes, it is uh, a wonderful, wonderful blessing. The Haven Eye. Yeah, not that. Not a wonderful blessing. Then perhaps you came in contact with the other door. Wait, that one outside is a door? We can touch that and go home? Uh, no, 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 no. The Haven Eye, as we like to call it, is, yes, a blessing for all sakes of the world, but it is a blessing from something beyond our knowledge. The gnarled bark you came from, well, that is what happens, I assume, when you pour all of the might you can summon within yourself. And in doing so, creation occurs out of desperation rather than curiosity. Something made out of darkness and malice. Who would make something like that? There was a lot of uh, interest once people discovered what the Haven I could do. So many visitors would travel by means of gates or other forms of transportation. The route that you came into contact with was created by, oh, now what was it? Uh, it was the, the, they, they, no, they, it was them first. And he just kind of begins to now reminisce through his head. The, the Arcanum came, but they, uh, 
they were shown the root. Uh, they didn't make it, but the abuse of it, it was, it was a long time ago. Someone, we don't, we don't, my records don't date back to who is the creator of the root. The Arcanum came with knowledge for our children and skills for our elders. They brought protections and enchantments that allowed our kids to see the potential of our time in this world. How sacred. Do you happen to remember any names? There was... There was... There was a... There was a woman. But she was only here for a bit of time. She talked a lot and then just kind of disappeared for a bit. Uh, Her name was Alana. We come here. We allow them to use the Haven Eye. The abuse of it, we lose all of our thornbasite, and before you know it, we are in the situation we are in. I want some bread. You watch as he gets up, his back kind of cracks a little bit, and now waddles to an opposite side, and is walking, placing his hand on the back of each of your chairs. Uh, that uh, bread, 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 something a little bit with flavor, something with some poppy seed. Ah, yes, and the bread forms on the table. Five... Seeing how this gentleman has magical capabilities and is able to make things appear out of thin air, why is he not helping his fellow poor people outside? Why is he holed up in this tower with this holy artifact by himself? And you sort of ponder that as you watch as Varian walks and now picks up bread. And you see the faint traces of that magic that is connecting the bread to the bowl, the bowl to the table. And for a brief second, you see that kind of shimmer. And you see what looks like moldy bread. And he just kind of takes a bite out of it. Rowan, you're eating the chicken. And then what you're eating is essentially a much smaller but colder chicken. But it's presented to you as this, like, wonderful meal. Rowan, understanding his manners, will continue to eat the chicken in front of him. Looks to Zue. Zue, have you ever met the council that Ilionas speaks about? The ones who are going to question Kaimasora? Rid makes a face at Rowan. <laughs> You've heard of certain names, but you've never met any of the sort of like higher ups as you yourself are just a hire for Ilianas. And then Ilianas sort of has a good high ranking within the Arcanum, but not enough for you to warrant an audience with uh, somebody high up, or at least that you could remember. Um, no, not that I know of that I've met. Usually Ilianas meets with them alone. Again, I'm not, part of the Arcanum, I just happen to know a lot because Ilianos is kind of like my magical mentor. He doesn't really involve me in Arcanum affairs. Insight check. Do it. That is a 19. From what it looks like, yeah, Zue is telling the truth. There is that thing of what Zue mentioned earlier where she's not part of the Arcanum. She's just as associated with the Arcanum. But if Zue, if there's anything that you would like to sort of throw in there, 
Zue and Five have had side conferences in Five's created little shrub hut. That's the reason why Five is specifically keying in on certain things, because this is an answer that she has given. He feels like he knows certain things. So in this specific moment, he's just trying to see, like, is Zue, is this a studied response? Zue has literally said the same thing and has given, like, almost verbatim the same words multiple times at this point. Five is keyed in on that, and he's like, she's always saying it the same way. It always sounds the same. I'm gonna try and do a deception for this. So what happens if it's a 19 and a 19? Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) For you, Five, you hone in on it. This feels scripted. This feels like repetitive. But then when Zue looks to you, there is a genuine touch to it. So I'll say that essentially it's a draw. You still can keep how you feel about it. For Five, though, it's more of like, You know what you've heard, you know what you've seen, so you'll still hold on to that, but there was a touch of genuine way of presenting itself to you. Almost as if they've said it enough times that they've started to believe it themselves. And I'll say, in that moment, Rid, you feel a chilling grasp around your ankle. A very familiar touch as you kind of look down and from the shadows being cast by the table onto the floor, the smoke entrails sort of begin to emit. You feel like a piercing as the smoke sort of like begins to enter your bloodstream again. Rid gives kind of a eye rolling, well, this may as well happen and takes a cream puff and bites into it. The minute you sort of like come to terms with it, Raid, 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 we have to go, we have to go. We have to get out of here. Get out of here now, just please. In all the times of all the things that I've asked of you, in this, in this moment, right now, we have to go. Get up, get up, get, get, your, get your legs, and in that moment, you stand up from the table. I have to go to the bathroom. Raid leaves in the totally wrong direction from the bathroom. <laughs> and you watch as, almost like a toy, Rid's torso turns Rid, you just saw me wash my hands. You saw me... Where are you going? I get shy about peeing in front of people. Given Five's experience with Rid, where Rid's body was, like, moving in a weird way and then her wrist was somehow snapped, is her body language right now mimicking that experience at all? Yeah. Rid, you're now walking down the hallway where you came from. Bye, I'll see you later. Five immediately grabs Zue's hand and is just like, We need to get here now. Something's going on. Something's happening. Okay. I close the book and I get up and start following Rid. At this moment, Rid is is, is not personal. We just, we go, we go, we go back. We find a way. Perhaps maybe we jump off a cliff. We just end it all right here, right now. (laughs) Right? It's the best way to do things. Maybe we just forget about it all and and then you and I can just leave the rest of our lives sort of haunting everyone. It'll be great. It'll be great. But we have to get the fuck out of here. What the hell did you see? There is this, like, now direct fear that you've never felt before coursing through your body. As now you get back to the Haven Eye and you look at the Haven Eye and your entire arm 
begins to burn. Essentially, like your body's being burned alive, but you see no flames. And it's one of those things where your mind is for a second thinking to itself, am I actually burning? And then all of a sudden, ow, ow, it begins to hurt as your arm now begins to sort of slowly begin to scorch itself. Ah, what the fuck? What did you see? Nothing, nothing. Just believe me, we have to get out of here. And you keep walking. Now you feel your feet begin to burn from the inside of your soles. Your knees, your leg is creeping up on you. And now it's that same sensation where you're feeling, am I burning? Am I, am I doing this? Is this me? Is this, is this it? What, what is it? And you open the door outside and you take a fresh breath of air and you look and your arm is slightly burned. Take 10 points of fire damage. Actually, in this situation, it would be necrotic damage. And five, you grab Zue and you were following Rin. I'm staying back. Five, Varian just kind of looks to you like, okay, bewildered as you are. And then you sort of begin to make your way towards Rin. Along the way, you sort of pick up the scent of burning. The burning of cloth, the burning of hair, perhaps. And then sure enough, there what you pass the Haven's Eye, standing at the doorway, is just Rid with her arm sort of like trailing smoke. Rid, are you okay? Do you, do you need help? The compulsion to leave, is it still there? Or is it just to get out of the room? It's still there, but now it's one of those things where it's like, you found a safe space. You found a safe space where you're no longer burned. So now it's kind of like you're able to make the decision again. The way in which this has ever happened to you in the past, we'll say, it's very quick and sudden. It's not sort of eternal. This isn't a control thing that can happen at all times. It's more of like a in the moment desperation, absolute takeover control. Rid standing there, clutching her burned arm, looks in horror down at it, up at Zue and Five. It seems like she tries to find words, but then she shakes her head and she starts moving toward the door. Rin, don't, don't go. S stay. No, it burned me. What, what burned you? The room burned me. I have to get out of here. And she's still moving toward the door. Probably faster than you've seen her move in a minute. <laughs> Five casts and tangle. You must succeed on a strength saving throw. Oh, my favorite. That's a 16. That's pretty good. That beats my save. You watch five as you commit to your entangle spell. The branches around you that are part of the tree come to life and hurl their way towards Rid. Rid, you feel a sense of panic overcome you as you expel what looks like a black smoke bomb around you that comes in contact with the branches and they coil back to their original placement amongst the floor. Zue, help me, help me grab her. Rid looks at Five with the most angry eyes that you've probably seen from it. Because all of, you know, Rid, Rid's just like flat monotone. Rid looks pissed. Rid looks at Five and says, I said I'm going. Rid, I'm really sorry. I do like a little air hug and cast calm emotions. It's going to be a charisma save. It's an eight. Your emotions are gonna calm down, like there's like a wave that goes over Rid and starts to make you feel calm. Rid takes a deep breath. I said, I'm going. Five yells, Rowan!
Varian looks to you, Rowan. I'm sorry, I do, do not mean the, f the food is the most that I can provide, really. If it's really that bad, I, I meant no. No offense. No, no, it, it's not bad, and, and we appreciate you feeding us to begin with. I apologize, I don't quite know why they all decided to storm off. I, I have some questions, if, if you would enlighten me. Sure, sure, sure. You watch this Varian walk over and he pulls a chair right in front of you. It's not common to have a holy man as often as, as, as we do around these parts, but anything for you. Uh, what, how, how, how can I help you? A, an acquaintance, I don't want to say friend, spoke the name Alana before to me. Can you tell me about her? Oh, now Alana was but the start of our, how do you say, your problems. You see, she came alone and it was out of pure curiosity. We could feel her poking us with her mind, trying to understand what it was that we had here in Arborea. Kai welcomed her and then she left. But then Commander Adrian came and they brought everything. The people. They believed in the work that the Arcanum was doing. And now the children, they knew something didn't feel right. They would tell me. More for safety, I think. Alana was here. And then, days, weeks, the scouts came. Uh, more so like hours. It was, it was quick. It was great. We were all rejoicing. They brought gifts. They brought plentiful food. They rebuilt our city. They built this tower around us. Shielded us. It was, it was good. It was welcoming. It was, it was uh, a different time, for sure. Did they find anything interesting about the Haven Eye? Let me ask you, Holy Man. What do you find interesting about the Haven Eye? Haven't had a chance to interact with it yet. And he looks up and he says, You ever wonder what kind of power your connection has to your owl? Quite often. You ever study the veins of a mortal man? Not particularly. You see, a branch grows and is connected to the body of life. That body has a soul, a will, a purpose to itself. That connection you have to the spirit connects you to me, to your friends, and places you couldn't even fathom. All of it, I am connected to it all. Or I should say, it is connected to it all. I'm looking into the Arcanum. I have some questions about them. Ones I don't know if you can answer. But I appreciate your insight into... One of the individuals. And for telling me about... Your Haveneye. The young ones sit around sometimes at the foot of the Haveneye. 
and a master of stories will allow them to uh, create a story, keep them entertained. And they build on it every day. It's lovely. There was one time where the kids all shared this, this vision that they had in, in dreams. They built a story around that. It was about the, the, the Tornbasite. They told of this gem shedding a light so bright, all of the darkness gathering around it was repelled, and that the gem lay somewhere lost deep in Arborea, waiting for one of them, when they grew of age, to go and seek it out. A story. A dream. A legend, perhaps. Who knows? Well, that's the thing about legends. They exist for a reason. Something was once so impactful that it was talked about for ages to come. I always thought legends meant something was gone forever. And Rowan looks up at the owl, resting on a branch outstretched from the wall. But I've learned that isn't always true. It just takes the right moment, the right person, and legends will reveal themselves. I believe there's still hope in finding this thorn beside. Hell, I've come face to face with demons, ghosts, and monstrous beings I always thought to be legends. And those monsters are very much real. You and I both know that. And Rowan peers to the door. I'm just worried now that they come in different forms. Rowan! And you hear five now shout from the distance. Oh, God. I excuse me. Thank you for the food. I, I must be going. Rowan, when you get up from the table, you look back, and the food that's there, the illusion is essentially gone. And you now begin to run out. And Rid, as Rowan is now sort of catching up, you now look as the people in the city are looking out into the drawbridge that extends to the other portion of Arborea. As you're sort of standing there, you now hear in your head like a like a fidgeting sound, like a, <laughs> a hesitated breathing, a, a, a fast sort of like jolting. You feel your mind racing, but you yourself feel calm and you feel in control. But the other is essentially going through a really different set of emotions right now. You walk feeling calm and collected. But now more and more people begin to sort of emerge from outside of the makeshift homes that are still here that remain. And there across the bridge, you see four hooded cloaked figures. One tall, hunched over, and what you can see make out what looks like a long chin that comes out from the shadows of the hood. A second and a third of similar height holding each other, their arms sort of intertwined. And you can see next to them a slightly sort of like medium-sized individual still in hooded cloaked with a hand that comes out. A very similar looking hand. Gray, decaying, smoking, pointing out. And then you hear in your head, Rid. I'm so sorry, Rid. And for today, that's a wrap. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yay. Thank you so much for listening. Catch us in two weeks. And remember, 
The Arcanum is always watching.